Hi, and welcome to the Encouraging Word Podcast. My name is Stephen Young, and I'm the youth director here at Rock Here United Methodist Church. And I'm here with Paul Bennett, the assistant pastor here at Rocky River. And um, we've been um, really excited about this podcast. It's a standalone, and um, we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite movies. Um, so it's going to be a fun one. Just listen. And I'm just excited to share my list of movies. So it's almost like having one long fit segment. You think? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Ironically, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. But we do have uh, a fit segment um, for this podcast. So um, I'll start off with mine, which mine's kind of. I'm just so excited about spring and summer coming. It's just it's so exciting. But one of the exciting things is um, disc golf. Um, and I know I think I've mentioned this in the other podcasts before, how I've been watching disc golf. Um, but what's in- interesting, as I've kind of like um, thought about disc golf and other sports, I actually watch, to be honest, I watch more disc golf than I watch than I watch any other sport, um, ironically. I mean, I love the Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl. It's exciting. I did watch as much as I could for the game. I mean, <laughs> it turns out. You were busy. <laughs> a lot going on that day. <laughs> in terms of how much my nerves would allow me to watch um but uh disc golf is is, some, is a sport that i will just sit down and put more so for example for football i might only watch i have it on but i'll end up actually taking a nap and then uh and i'm probably only 50 percent into the game 65 percent in and out of the game for disc golf if i'm watching i'm pretty tuned in i don't know 85 90 percent tuned in so um, I just that's like it. So um, uh, the tournaments have just started, and they kind of go all over the country. And I think they have some tournaments in England, but um, it's exciting to follow. And the more you follow um, any sport, or the more you follow anything, you get to recognize the names and the stories of all the people in the sport, and who the good people are, who the rookies are, who the up and comers are. So it's so it makes it more and more enjoyable to watch. So and actually, the sport has been growing prize money's been going up and um disc golf as a sport is is growing um so that's it's exciting and and fun to watch so that's my fit for uh this podcast so paul you have yours yeah i do (coughs) uh no i'm equally excited about the upcoming uh season of warmth and (laughs) the opportunity to get out and and be active again um yeah we're outside quite a bit even through the winter months just because uh that's that's just where i feel alive but but, um excited that you know things like disc golf become an opportunity again uh because you're not slashing through the mud or the snow so um yeah i can't wait for that as well but my fit takes us a different direction and honestly if if i'm being totally honest it's I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm cheating this time around because, as Steven said, we're, we're going to share our favorite movies, and um, we decided we were going to be really strict to sticking to only 10 uh, movies, and I decided real late in the game here that there was just no way I could narrow it down to 10. So, uh, you know, I just thought randomly um, I would just, you know, use our fit segment to share a, um, a number of my favorite movies. Because, like I said, I'm cheating. So uh, here, just rattling off, I won't, I won't go into much detail on these, but um, some of my favorite movies that did not crack my top ten are What Dreams May Come, uh, The Rock, Far and Away, uh, The Sandlot, 
a movie called Crash, um, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, and then finally a uh, what is not technically a movie but more of a like a mini series uh, I believe that was on TV a while back called Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. So. Uh, since these aren't uh, really officially my top ten, I'm not going to take time to dig into them. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like um, when you start listing off like your favorite songs, your favorite, uh, <clears throat> your favorite movies, your favorite, I don't know what else. But they, yeah. each one is like so sacred to you that you can't you can't bring yourself to eliminate it from the list. So right. that's uh, the situation I find myself in. So those are, uh, you know, my. Um, the top 11 through 17, we'll <laughs> say. And then we'll move into um, the top 10 now, right? We're ready to dive on in. And, and Stephen and I thought we'd each share about half of our list. And for these, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of insight, either into what the movie's about or uh, or why it's important to us. Uh, and then we'll we'll switch kind of halfway through and let the other person jump in. But uh, so this is, this is my numbers uh, 6 through 10. And uh, in no particular order, because to be perfectly honest, uh, just as difficult as it was for me to narrow it down to 10, it's even more difficult to try and uh, put that 10 in any particular order. Um, But uh, once again, no particular order. My 6 through 10. uh, One is uh, A Time to Kill. A Time to Kill. Um, I'm trying to think. I think this is a, a, is it a Grisham uh, novel? John Grisham novel or one of those um, really famous to kill a mockingbird? No, okay, no, no, this has nothing to do with mockingbirds. <laughs> it's not a time to kill a mockingbird. It's just a time to kill. Um, but anyhow, it's it's based off of a, a novel by a, a really uh, prolific author, and it's um, about uh, really about racial tensions in I think a a town in Alabama. Um, I think uh, probably early to mid 20th century it's sometimes it's hard to place the historical context uh, when they're not going out of their way to make it super explicit but uh, it's a, a, a powerful story um, about a uh, father whose uh, daughter was the the victim of a um, of a crime of uh, just you know racism and, and violence and um, he I, I won't give away the whole story because hopefully we're inspiring you to go and, and watch some of these. But he he ended up um, deciding to take it upon himself to uh, to essentially get revenge and, and take the lives of those who had done this to his daughter. And the rest of the movie is about um, what happens next to the, the trial that follows. Um, did you know in this situation uh, just uh, this is. If you're not familiar with the title, Time to Kill, out of uh, Ecclesiastes, when it talks about um, uh, uh, being a time and, and season for all things. So is there a time uh, in life when it is justifiable to take somebody's life? And that's a very long and in-depth conversation for us to have in any context. But this movie considers whether in this situation uh, the man should be considered guilty and should be punished for uh, having uh, taken the lives of, of two men in this situation. So... Just a heart-wrenching, uh, just really powerful story, great characters, and I uh, love it. So a Time to Kill. Next one is uh, called The Court Jester. It's a completely different tone. Um, so this is a movie that uh, I'm sure my mom uh, exposed me to growing up. I think it's from like the 1950s or 60s, and uh, Danny Kaye is the, the lead, and there's a um, – 
Oh, I'm not going to be it. Uh, Angela Lansbury has a, a character in there. Uh, just a, a really fun story, almost like a fairy tale esque uh, story of of uh, of um, kings and queens and knights and castles and uh, a love story about just a really kind of a bumbling idiot who becomes a hero and uh, just all sorts of hilarious uh, stuff in there. Danny Kaye's um, fantastic and probably should have inspired me to go check out more of his stuff, but I I guess I haven't. This is just a a one. Uh, one time <laughs> older movie on my list that, that uh, happens to be near the top. So The Court Jester, well worth the watch. Next is uh, My Fellow Americans. So sticking with the comedy genre, but moving into the 1990s. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, a couple of the main, I think these are the guys, maybe a couple of the same guys from Grumpy Old Men. Uh, this is not uh, Walter Matthau, but uh, James Garner. And Jack Lemmon, I think, are the two main guys uh, and some other uh, people you'll recognize. But uh, just a, a real goofy uh, story about um, American politics in, in a sense, but making light of it and just uh, a, a grand adventure uh, that these two guys uh, go on <laughs> and uh, grow, uh, going from hating each other to becoming fast friends at the end. So. Uh, worth a watch um, and uh, next up sticking with the comedy genre I guess again is a movie called Tommy Boy um, if you at all have enjoyed Chris Farley back in his heyday in, in the 90s uh, um, I had some friends that got me into Chris Farley and this was probably my favorite uh, Farley film um, just you know slapstick comedy uh, Chris Farley being a uh, once maybe a bumbling idiot maybe that's a theme in the movies like, <laughs> I know. Like bumbling idiots that uh go through transformations i don't know but uh just a just a kind of a goofy comedy and then uh the last in my six through ten uh would be the movie my girl this was uh from my childhood uh as well and i had a a thing for uh, uh macaulay calkin he was my favorite actor for a long time i think probably because i about the same age as him so he was uh starring in movies and, and i could relate to his characters a lot um home alone was my favorite movie as a kid doesn't make my list uh today just because i think i've watched it too many times um but i could have quoted that entire movie but macaulay calkin when he played a very different role in my girl uh just the the, the movie just kind of captivated me and and sucked me into the uh, just a, a storyline of a lot of uh, emotional ups and downs and, and uh, you know, coming of age uh, experience for some of the young characters. Um, and um, I'll share maybe later on some observations of the, the concepts and movies that are particularly intriguing to me, but my girl, uh, for for a unique reason, just kind of that emotional uh, roller coaster that it takes you on um is is one of my favorites so if you haven't seen it i encourage you to to check it out uh macaulay calkin and um a couple other big name actors who i can't think of the name is it dan, dan Aykroyd? maybe and danny glover danny glover <laughs> pretty sure danny glover does not make an appearance um, unless i totally missed it but uh yeah well worth a, a watch uh and that's my six through ten and we'll turn it over to Steven and see what he can wow us with. Here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm not great with um, actors and actors' names. And I love how some people love their movie, and like, oh, so-and-so's in it and so-and-so's in it. And so I'm like, I have no idea who's, <laughs> who's in my movies. But, um, I mean, it's always 
at least someone who's well known, but I don't know. Anyways, my 10 through 6. Um, first, we'll start off with Lion King, um, which actually was much higher a uh, couple, maybe, I don't know, when I was younger ish. So, um, but I think it's been kind of over popularized, way um, has become over marketized, probably. But the story's really good. I love the characters. The songs are great. Um, I might probably come back around like it and even more as I get older. But um, it's. I feel like for me, when it comes to movies, story is just really, really important. And I think out of many of the Disney classic stories, I think this one has probably one of the best um, stories in it. You have death, you have running away, you have um, being renewed, you have being redeemed, and a lot of talk about the future. And it's just, it's just a very good, very good story. Number nine is Goofy Movie, which starts, <laughs> which with this one some of the movies on my list aren't my aren't the favorites because the production quality is absolutely <laughs> amazing <laughs> so some of these movies aren't necessarily box office bangers right so they're some of these movies are like low key could have could have come out on tv maybe movies um but we all have i think we all have favorite films in the sense that they mean more than just the production value that's put in so goofy movie though was in theaters way back in i don't know 90s one or two or yeah, something. It's, I mean, it's it was, been a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I didn't even see it in theater. I probably saw it, when I saw the movie. It was probably already a couple of years old. Um, but in terms of again, the movie has such a nostalgia for me. Um, and also uh, being a parent, it's a it's a story about a father and a son, um, and their relationship, and the son growing up, and the father trying to um, see the son like help the son still realize that you're no matter how old you are you'll always be my son is basically the message of the movie um, but it's just a lot of funny parts in there and again it's a callback to to my childhood um, and then as a parent you watch the movie differently number eight would be remember the titans um, that is a great film denzel washington's in it that's one one actor that i do know i mean just a fantastic job and that movie has that movie super quotable it's a lot of um, as racial tensions in it and a lot of, um, I mean, it has just a great message to it. It's sports. So when I was watching that, when a movie first came out, I was playing football. So it was always kind of cool. I think I was six, six or seventh grade when that came out. So, um, that has a nostalgia factor to it too, but it's just, it's just a good movie. And it's really, some of these movies too have just aged well when you know, it's a good movie when it ages well it might have come out in the 90s might come out in the 80s 70s whatever but if you watch it now you're like man the message is still just as strong as ever um i think that's what makes a movie really really good um is how the message ages over time so remember the titans is one of those that's just really um has a great great message that's stand stood the test of time um number seven for me is spider-man to the spider-verse um i think i like that mainly because of the story um in the sense that it's just it's kind of fun to watch so this one follows um miles morales which is the black spider-man so it's a little bit a little bit different <coughs> um but the story is just really good um his upbringing his parents um and the challenges he faces um it's again for something that makes my top 10 movies <clears throat> a qualification it has to be a movie that i can watch over again it has to be a movie that i can like 
some of these movies, I could literally sit down and watch them right now. I mean, it, and I could watch them probably almost once a month and still not get tired of it. So that's what a movie like that is what makes my top 10. But if it's a movie that I have a lot of movies that I like and I might watch over again, but top 10s are movies that I could repeatedly watch over again. Uh, then what is that? Seven. And the number six would be Dark Knight, um, Batman, the Dark Knight. Um, that movie has is really good in terms of the message that it's challenging. How do we look at society? It challenges how we how we look at criminals. It challenges how we look at heroes. It challenges how we look at um, government and fighting crime. It challenges um, many different those viewpoints that we just hold dear. And um, the Joker is played. Fan, that's probably one of the best. I think it's probably the best villain in terms of superhero movie. And also in terms of superhero movies, this is this is actually only one I have on my list other than Spider-Man. Both those movies show a different side of superhero. It's not your cliche good versus bad guy superhero. Those those bore me. I don't I don't like those. Dark Knight asks really asks deep deep questions about society and what does it mean to be a hero and the heroes aren't aren't your cookie cutter heroes. So um, in terms of superhero movies, this is my favorite. Um, yeah, so that's my uh, 10 through 6. Is that uh, Heath Ledger that plays Yeah, Heath the, Ledger. Yeah. Oh, rest and in then, peace, dude. Right. He passed away, I don't know, like a... Shortly after. Yeah, shortly after, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's always when you have an actor or actress that passes away, you know, young yeah. especially, and you're watching the movie that right. they just produced. It right. It's uh, kind of an odd feeling. Right. All right, so uh, yeah, quite a quite a range there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Of, of nostalgia and and uh, you know deep provoking thoughts, right. uh, thoughtful movies. And right. <clears throat> yeah. Did you have car- any cartoons in yours? Um, I don't think. Do you have a favorite, favorite oh, movie wait. cartoon? Well, if you do, you count my fit ones. The yeah, yeah, I, so I'm I kind of even. So Bedknobs and Broomsticks uh, has okay. a uh, portion of the movie that's animated, <laughs> portion, and the yeah. rest of it is not. It's <laughs> okay. uh, one of the coolest things about yeah. it, actually. Oh, okay, but um, interesting if that qualifies. Yeah. It, you, you know, yeah, I guess yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, looking back across the list, it's funny. You know, some are just kind of feel good, like movies that as a kid you you grew to love and would be able to quote and and then some of them as an adult like are just more profoundly uh thought-provoking or deeply emotional so maybe it just shows how um you know how wide a range of things we as humans can appreciate um, all sorts of different genres so all right um good and uh, i love uh the Lion King 2 was probably my favorite Disney movie back in the day. But well, you love right. The Lion King 2? No, no, no. Oh, no, you no. love Lion King. Yes, as two. well. Oh, as yes. well. Okay, also, okay. also. I, yeah, I don't know if I saw it too. <laughs> Somehow, my family acquired the DVD for The Lion King 1 and a half, which uh, a lot yeah, of people don't even know one. was a thing. But I no, I, the original Lion King. Right. Uh, Mostly for the music, honestly. Yeah, the music's great. Yeah, I could listen to the Circle of Life, you know, yeah. on, on repeat for hours, right. um, especially that opening note when right. she starts belting that out. I yeah. think Lion King was the first movie I saw in a theater, so that's also why it's okay. Has um, has that yeah. connection? I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, without further ado, we, let's uh, let's n- zero in on the the top five here. Yeah. 
And um, I try to maybe put these in order uh, so that we're progressing towards number one. <laughs> although I, I don't know if I'm um, if I'm settled on any of these necessarily. But uh, number five, we'll go with uh, Braveheart. So mm. I, I love um, you know, my my undergrad degrees in history. Uh, I grew up loving history, and and a lot of the movies that I'm drawn to are hor- uh, historical fiction. I, I love. Um, just being drawn into a world uh, that is kind of bringing to life a, a different time in, in history or even especially a different culture, different uh, geographical location. So Braveheart obviously does that while at the same time presenting a just a, an unbelievable uh, depiction of, of a uh, time of conflict in, in uh, history between Scotland and England and <clears throat> um, and the character of William Wallace, uh, played by Mel Gibson, uh, before some of his, um, you know, some of his things that uh, I, I think he said that um, ended up, you know, pulling him down on the, on the list of most popular actors in in society. But um, but uh, just a, an incredible, like sweeping epic of a movie. Um, with so many characters, I, I love the dude from Ireland that uh, walks around telling everybody that that he owns the <laughs> the island of Ireland, um, and uh, just you know, just a, a powerful movie. And uh, Mel Gibson's character is just uh, unbelievable throughout that, the way that he uh, grows and some of the quotes uh, I've used for for sermons and stuff, some of the scenes. Um, that uh, just dig into the you know just the the drama and the the tensions um, between the nobles and, and the commoners. Uh, so so many things to love about that movie. Uh, but uh, there are people in my life who have yet to see it because of how graphic uh, graphically violent it is, and uh, certainly not why I watch it. But in in some situations when there's some level of accuracy, it's I, I don't necessarily desire it um but it feel it's maybe somewhat appropriate on on some level mm-hmm. so i'm willing to tolerate it uh but uh, there's a, a lot of um a lot of violence in that movie it's depicting uh pretty horrific warfare so uh such is the case uh moving along um maybe some overlap here but uh, we're, we're entering the fantasy realm with uh, the lord of the rings series and uh, for me in particular the fellowship of the ring um, if you know the Lord of the Rings, a lot of people like either the the Two Towers or the Return of the King, the the latter two of the the trilogy, um, as they build towards the epic battle at the end, uh, de- determining you know good versus evil and and uh, whether they would successfully be able to destroy the the Ring of Power and and get things back to a place of peace. Um, but for me, there's something about the first movie uh, in series like that where you're just getting introduced to the characters, a little bit more lighthearted, uh, getting to enjoy um, just kind of the the scenery and the building of, of the fantasy world in which the uh, movie is going to, the story is going to take place. And, and for, for me, The Fellowship of the Ring is that. I uh, just love the... Um, you know the early portion of the movie when you're hanging out in the Shire and, and getting to meet the hobbits, and then you're pulling in the the elves and the dwarves and and um, the group of uh, well, the Fellowship of the Ring, right? That's mm-hmm. what the the phrase refers to is the group of uh, folks who would come alongside um, Frodo, right, and yeah. uh, try and help him, 
um, you know, take care of the the ring that uh, was the the world of evil was pursuing. Um, so it, it just a powerful story, uh, really cool characters, uh, a lot of fun. One of those movies you can watch over and over and over and not get bored with. And uh, but still kind of keeps it relatively light for at least portions of it enough to uh, to not make me feel um, depressed or <laughs> or like <laughs> super intense while watching it. So uh, for that reason, I love it. Um, number three for me is <clears throat> a movie called American History X. Uh, this came out in the 90s. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that haven't seen it. And there is a, a lot in this movie of uh, uh, graphic content um and kind of already explained you know my parameters for for how uh comfortable i am in in viewing movies that that have uh some of that content um certainly don't pursue it but sometimes it it helps to build the intensity of of the uh character transformation that's taking place and uh somehow helps you arrive at a a powerful uh moral or lesson at the end um because you've you've endured the the darkness and the heaviness of certain parts of the movie that is brought to life through some of the more graphic uh, depictions of things, um, the reward at the end of, of seeing uh, the lesson learned or, or being you know seeing a character transformed is all the more powerful and, and that's the case in this movie. It's about uh, once again about um, racial tensions. Uh, I think it takes place you know in the 1990s <coughs> somewhere around there and. Uh, about a young man who was raised in a, a world um, really where uh, there's racism was prevalent and he was pulled into that mindset uh, very uh, to to the extreme and uh, some some pretty horrific uh, scenes in which he's living that that life of really hatred and and um, you know pers- uh, persecuting other people uh, simply because of, of their background or their appearance and, and then, uh, has a complete transformation throughout the movie and, um, just watching him go through that. But also, you know, having come out the other side in, in many ways, showing that the damage has already been done. There are certain things about what he's done in the past, uh, the effects of, of the actions that he has committed that cannot be undone. Um, and, and he's living with those consequences, uh, throughout the end of the movie and I won't give away any more than that just to, just that it's a powerful story uh, for me um, number two is uh, Into the Wilds so um, I, I won't be able to tell you the name of the the actor the main actor in this he's in some other stuff but this is one of his biggest ones so Into the Wild is a story of a, a young man who graduates uh, college I think with a, a law degree um, but has this like stirring in, inside him uh, that uh, causes him to kind of push back against the whole American dream and the expectations of somebody coming out of uh, school and, and that he would settle down and <clears throat> buy a big fancy house and drive a nice car and, and raise a family and, <clears throat> and uh, pour himself into his uh, professional career. Um, instead, he has this, this stirring inside him that, that uh, is just calling him out into uh, just the, the, the life of a, a, a roamer, um, out to experience just uh, um, the wilderness and, and being fully uh, immersed in, in the natural worlds um, and the life and the, the freedom of a life of just kind of a wanderer. Um, there's no, you know, probably not a whole lot of realistic uh, uh, um 
or, or the, the life that he chooses to live, let's put it this way, is, is not realistically um, responsible or possible, you know, in the world that we live in. Um, but it's, it's incredibly intriguing to me, um, just kind of the compulsion that he feels to go out and, and to just kind of buck the trends of society and just live life totally free, uh, experiencing um, the wild. And, and his dream throughout is to get to Alaska, uh, where he hopes to live off the land um, and uh, just to completely unplug from society. So a lot of things about the movie appeal to me, um, but uh, maybe just being able to kind of hear and understand his thoughts and, and philosophies of, of life uh, more than anything and a powerful ending that I will not uh, I will not uh, reveal so that you get, have the opportunity to check it out for yourself. But uh, uh, incredible story and true story. Um, uh, so you can read the book too, if you're looking to, to start with that, uh, and down to number one, um, this is just, uh, um, I don't know. I'll just say this Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Some <laughs> of you already know this about me. I love, uh, Monty Python type humor. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, just very dry and, and, um, you know, there's something intellectual about the, the Monty Python type humor, but completely idiotic at the same time. And for whatever reason, it, it connects uh, with me and the Holy Grail. Just uh, just there's uh, just a, a genius behind the, the writing and, and the uh, and the humor in the movie and just the the way the story winds. And um, it's just so outside the box of, of normal, uh, a normal movie experience uh, that it just keeps me coming back over and over and over. And, um, and I just can't help but keep laughing uh, like crazy at the same jokes. Uh, they just never get old. So um, it's really hard to describe. It's uh, British, probably British humor <laughs> is, is the best way to, to enwrap it. Uh, but uh, yeah, one of my, well, if not my all-time favorite, at least I'll put it this way: probably the movie that I can tolerate rewatching, um, even though I, you know, so often I I only get through ten minutes of it and I'll fall asleep or <laughs> or I'll uh, you know get engaged in other <laughs> stuff. But I I just keep wanting to to throw it on and re-experience it over and over. So Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and uh, Stephen, uh, top five. What do you got? All right, um, I did just look up Into the Wild, the book. That's interesting. Mm. Um, that's uh, I'll put it on my list of books to read. Um, yeah, so that was a great list. So my one through five. Um, number five is Interstellar, which is a movie that came out in 2014. Um, it has I kind of have my phone out here. Look at cheat it. sheet. Yeah, yeah cheat sheet. So you know the actors. Um, actors. Yeah. Names, yeah. Well, I know Matthew McConaughey oh, is yeah. in it, so that's basically one of his most important. I mean, he's the main character, and it's a really I. It's it's kind of when it comes to sci-fi movies, I don't really like some sci-fi movies are like way too sci-fi, um, and then some sci-fi. This is actually almost like a realistic sci-fi in the sense mm. that Earth becomes inhabitable, um, and it's a man who used to be. Uh, I think he used to be an astronaut. Anyways, he yeah, I think he used to be, and then he retired, but then they needed him again. And it's his story about um, how do how should I explain it? It's kind of hard to explain. So one thing too, I love Christopher Nolan movies, 
Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Dark Knight is a Christopher Nolan movie. Another movie I'm going to share is a Christopher Nolan movie. And one thing about Christopher Nolan movies is that he does a really good job with like plot twist, and um, he does a good job with like bringing the beginning to the beginning to the end and the end to the beginning. Yeah. He kind of loops it around in his storytelling, and it's a little mind bending. And I like mind bending, looping stories that because when it comes to watching a movie over and over again, you gotta, um, I love to like discover something different in the movie that I didn't see the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes movies for me, um, enjoyable <coughs> to have that, that sense of discovery again. Um, it's always, there's always a sense of it being fresh and then it also makes it even more fun when someone who hasn't watched it and you watch it with them. Um, it's always fun to see what they think about it. And, and while you're watching it with them, you're learning new things at the same time. So um, it's one of those kind of movies. But um, it's a movie about, yeah, a man who's, I guess I could just read a description. Um, but, yeah, Earth's future is in doubt. Um, and then this NASA f- physicist um, is working on plans of saving Earth. And then he ends up flying in space. And then he runs into a black hole. And then, yeah, I don't want to give it all away. But. Very exciting. The music is fantastic. It's just the music. I remember the first time I watched it, I'm just like literally drawn into it because the music is just pulls you into the film. <laughs> um, and it's real. The graphics and everything is done really well. Um, number four I have is iRobot with Will Smith. And I think that came out in, I don't know, 2000, early 2000s, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, but the reason I love iRobot the action's good and stuff, but mainly it's the what they're talking about with technology. Um, I think a lot of the things that they bring up about technology are the same things that we are talking about today. Um, because there's a obviously there's like a a robot. So there's like three <coughs> three laws that robots or intelligent life are supposed to follow, and they're supposed to follow these three laws. And then um, one of the robots is made to disobey the one of the three laws, and we wonder why. And then I don't want to give <laughs> I'm sure this is an older movie that people have probably already seen. Um but there ends up to be th- one of the main robots which is kind of the villain and she kind of explains her logic for why she's that way, but well she's a she the it, but she has a she voice. Um <laughs> but it uh it explains the logic of why it has to take over humanity and it all makes sense and it it just brings up a lot of deep questions about technology and our place with technology and and also it's just intelligent life especially where you have like if anyone hasn't heard of chat gtp and and intelligent what what would i what would that fall under well just artificial intelligent and how it's becoming smarter and faster and (coughs) how it's um how it's going to integrate into our lives into the future very near future in a sense so it it deals with a lot of those questions so i i really like that movie a lot because especially too when it comes to my favorite movies it's um if it's something that's quotable or is also something that how i can take something out from this movie into real life and then like paul number three is lord of the rings besides i just put all lord of the rings i will if i had to rank the three movies it probably would be that's tough (laughs) i know my least favorite is the second one the twin towers Two towers. Two towers. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Twin Towers. <laughs> That's that was <laughs> in New York. Very different yeah. Movie, yeah. It'll probably go 
two towers, then the first one, then the third one. Okay. But the first and third are are really close. close yeah. Yeah. For I different mean, reasons. Yeah, probably. for different reasons. That's tough. It might be the first. I don't know. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, for different reasons. So, but I love Lord of the Rings. Like, out of any movie I've watched, I think Lord of the Rings has the best character development from beginning to end. Mm. Um, how the all and then all the characters are told really because so, you know there's actually a lot of characters in Lord of the Rings. You have Frodo, you have Sam, you have Merry, you have Pippin, you have uh, Legolas, you have Gr- Gimli, you have Aragorn, you have Bolomir. I mean, there's all these all these actors and all these characters. You have the elves and the races, but I think when you get to the end of the movie, every single character from the main character to the cider characters, they've all changed and they've all had meaningful changes. They all have meaningful moments in the movies. They all have meaningful quotes. It's just incredible how you're able to fit. I mean, granted (laughs) each movie is about what? Three hours long. (laughs) (laughs) So 10 hours (laughs) film. Yeah. If you have 10 hours in film, when I like, I like to watch extended editions too. So it's even more, (laughs) Um, so you should be able to have some character development with all that screen time, but, uh, sometimes you still don't, you know, but, um, I also say, um, I like reading and this, I think this is the best book to movie adapt or adoption or adaptation. adaptation, Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Harry Potter does a good job too, but I think this is, this is the best in terms of, cause I've read the book, I've read the book twice. And uh, the movies do an excellent job when it comes to when, when you're going from one medium to another medium, um, you're going to lose something mm-hmm. because you go from book, which is reading and, and then you go to visual. And it's just it's a lot harder um, sometimes when it comes to storytelling, when it's just visual. Um, but it does a great job. So I, I love Lord of the Rings. I actually I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it. In a while, couple weeks. Yeah, yeah no, a couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Hasn't been a couple weeks, but a couple years. Um, I need to put that on my list to watch over again. Um, number two is Inception. Um, and when we get to these top five, they're all kind of interchangeable because they're top five for different reasons. Inception, I really like. It's another Christopher Nolan movie, and it's about dreams. Um, it's about getting in someone's dream i don't want to ruin it because the whole movie is about it's taking you on this journey um and even the end of the movie is, is disputed um people don't know like how it really ends which i love it because it just it, when you watch it one time you're like oh it definitely ended this way and then you watch it another time well it definitely ended the other way like that's what i love about it um it does have a some people might not like it because the ending's not concrete like oh i know what happens yeah. It's concrete enough, um, but it does leave a little bit of wiggle room there. So, but the story is just fantastic. How it again, like just the looping of it, the the speaking, the dreaming, and then the dreams on top of dreams, and it's just it's good stuff. It's almost like it's it makes it sound like the way I, <laughs> I try to describe it. Like that doesn't sound like a good movie, um, but it really is. It's kind of I think that's kind of what makes it good. Is it's it's beyond a simple description. It's not like, yeah, it's the good guy. Be the bad. It's, it's layered. Um, oh, again, that's it, for sure. Yeah. Layered is a good job right, for yeah, it. Definitely. And, which allows you as the viewer to kind of fill in, you know, the gaps or, or right, kind of make right. your own sense of it. <coughs> people could have a very different experience. Right. 
exactly uh, but yeah it is a it demands a lot of the viewer I yes feel like it you does you really got to focus yes, and follow but you'll get rewarded if right you do. Yeah. right and actually a lot of that's a good way to put it it does demand a lot from the viewer because a lot of inter- a lot of uh, christopher nolan movies demand a lot mm-hmm. from the viewer and that's why some people may not like them because they don't want to put that much thought into a film right. um but i i mean i have I have films that I don't have to put as much thought into. Every film serves its own purpose and why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number one is Treasure Planet, which is going, it's a movie that's probably, I don't know, 50% or more par- partially nostalgia. Treasure Planet is, it's <laughs> it's also one of the, one of those Disney movies that didn't get a lot of publicity. It wasn't like a Lion King or, or <laughs> Beauty and the Beast or anything. Um, it was kind of came out in uh, 2004 or five or something like that, maybe even earlier than that. But um, I just like it because it's reminds me of my past. But also, it's kind of, I mean, I look at Paul's list for his qualifications for what makes a good movie, and Treasure Planet is kind of like that. It's like it's adventurous. The characters are funny. There's quotes, funny quotes in it. I mean, actually, the characters are. For me, if it's gonna be a top ten movie, the characters gonna be well developed. Mm-hmm. They gotta change over time. And this movie does that for me. It, it's a cartoon. Um, they don't really have musical elements in it, which is yeah, it's not not really any musical elements. I think there's like one or two songs, um, but it's just I don't know. It's it's just one of the movies I can watch over again because it reminds me of my past, but also it has this adventure feel to it. I love I love hiking. I love going out in the metro. Park. I love taking pictures. It's all kind of part of this discovery and adventure. And and this movie is that. Um, the discovery and adventure and the and, and um, it's space. I love space stuff, interstellar space too. Um, and it's so it's yeah has all a little bit of a little bit of every element that I like in a movie. Um, it's in that movie and and I know like if someone watches it, like oh that's your favorite or like I said before earlier when I shared my top ten list these aren't all like a list production value movies mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, and this is probably one of those, but I, yeah, I just like it. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie. Is it, you know, what, what, um, draws you to a movie isn't necessarily the, the quality of the production. It's right. how it impacts and interacts with your heart and your mind, right. like right. who you are at a given point in time. And, you know, like you said, a treasure planet for you is a total package. Um, and maybe if you were to watch it for the first time now, um, it, at the stage of life you're in, it would be a good yeah, movie. Maybe it wouldn't be right. the best ever, but because of the the role it played in your right. in your childhood, and then building on that, the enduring value of all those qualities that you were talking about, right. just uh, it rises to the top. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Some of the things I I just try to m- you know make some observations about things that I'm drawn to in movies. Grand adventures, like Stephen was yeah. just talking about, just Grand adventures is mine know, too. The setting doesn't matter terribly, but I you know I love uh, just huge adventure movies where yeah. um, there's just this sense of trying to accomplish this great feat and and right. having to to um, go through all sorts of obstacles to get there. Um, setting is actually one of the things that's most important to me. I love very like captivating and imaginative settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love when a movie just really takes you in a whole different world, um, right. something that I don't experience on a, on a normal basis. I like movies with kind of whimsical humor, just kind of offbeat, you know, just 
eyeball yeah. humor. Um, everybody's got a unique <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> yes, right. It's interesting. You could be yeah. around certain people who have a great sense of humor, but if yours doesn't blend with them, right. you'd never feel like you can really share that part of yourself or that right. your sense of humor just doesn't match theirs. And so you're, you're, you're like almost reserving it. You're holding it, holding back because you know that they wouldn't appreciate some of the things you find that are funny right. and they, they know the same about you, but when you find a movie or a person that, that has that same type of humor that you're drawn to, all of a sudden it like, uh, it releases this part of you that, that is, uh, you know, something that's important <coughs> to you. You get to share with the movie or with that person. Uh, and then like, uh, Steven was saying, characters that endure like a huge yeah. transformation really develop. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I like movies that take you on an intensely emotional journey. And sometimes that means, uh, movies that are like big old tear jerkers. That are have really you cried in a movie? Uh, you know, I, the one movie that I know I cried in was my girl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know as an adult, but I know as a kid, man, right. Macaulay Culkin was my hero and right. I guess I can't finish this sentence without giving away the movie so i won't but but it was a uh, it was definitely there's something that happens in the movie that <laughs> took yeah. me on an emotional journey for sure but i yeah, yeah i know i've cried in, in other movies uh, but to me that you know that's something i i want i want that emotional uh roller coaster experience right. um and i love uh, <coughs> psychological thrillers which yes. i don't know if your christopher nolan movies quite fit that genre maybe in a in a sense um hmm. But there's maybe kind of borderline between that and uh, sci-fi and other yeah. qualities. But yeah. I, I like uh, psychological thrillers with all sorts of mind-bending twists right. and yeah. like surprise endings. Right. Um, so just some of those things that yeah. I'm drawn to. Yeah, I would. I would. I would say they probably are psychological thrillers. Maybe not in the sense of they're not like scary because there there's like I think of Shutter Island is like psychological yeah. thriller, but it's like right. on borderline. Like horror, horror-ish, yeah. yeah. The Sixth Sense, right? Is yeah, exactly. The, yeah, I think these are in the. I think these are different psychological thrillers, but they're not. You're not going to be necessarily afraid, but they do draw you in. They do make you think critically. They make you, like you said, you, you're an active watcher for sure. In oh, yeah. Interstellar, Inception, um, and it's a great. Their settings are fantastic, and the acting's really done well. And, um, but yeah, I, I probably a lot of your qualifications that you have for good movies is the same for mine. And character development is absolutely huge. Has to be has to have a sense of story that it, that's bigger than this movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, it has to be a, some sort of grand adventure. I think a lot of those. If I look at my list, I think all of them qualify for that. And then somehow too, like I, when it comes to another, when it comes to a good movie. <laughs> You know when it's a good movie when I, I mean I don't when I'm watching the movie I'm not thinking about anything anything else it kind of like mm. just draws you in and you're yeah. just into the movie you're just whereas some movies like they're good movies but I'm like start to look at my watch and I'm like well <clears throat> it's almost dinner time like it's just <clears throat> these movies just I'm not thinking about those things I'm I'm just even though I know the end I know the beginning and all that stuff but it's like this into the movie it speaks to me and it also has to be some sort of character in the film that somehow you find yourself in it and i don't know lord of the rings i don't yeah i I don't i I don't know if i did i'm not like i i don't know like for all the characters actually in lord of the rings make make it such a good film because you see yourself in each one of the characters in some way and Mm -hmm. they're all so unique they're all it's just lord of the rings is a great movie um 
But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it'd be an in- interesting conversation. Talk about the most interesting characters. You yeah, know, that movies would. aside, most interesting. Characters. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Lonesome that's, Dove, yeah, which really is like good. that TV uh, miniseries. But there's some characters in there that are just you know you just fall in love with them, and, right. and you're like, man, I wish this was a real person because right. <laughs> like I could I could hang out with this right. this guy or really you know enjoy this person right. immensely. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that would be that would be a good list. Besides, when I think about it, I think the characters are good because of the overall package. It'd be yeah. hard. It'd be kind of hard to pick a character out alone, out outside of its. Pull them outside of the movie out context. Out of the movie context, right? Yeah. I think it's good with the overall package. But yeah. That's that's a great that's a great. Uh, Maybe another episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Dive into to uh, characters from either literature right. or. Yeah, I have to movies. pull on literature. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was uh, this was entertaining for us. Hopefully, it was for you, or maybe you just heard a bunch of random movies that you <laughs> you know right. nothing about, and uh, you know maybe at the very least you jotted down some names, and and you'll have uh, some new. I don't know if you're like me, you have a list of uh, books and movies that you want to get to, and maybe you got uh, a bunch of new material for your list, and. You'll have to let us know if you if you're able to check out one or more of these, um, how you enjoyed it. So, I uh, hope uh, that you got something out of this, and if nothing else, got to know Stephen and I a little bit better, and <laughs> maybe maybe how twisted or weird we are. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we're trying to be authentic here. So hopefully, you got got that experience, and uh, we'll be back uh, with another series. We'll uh, hit the ground running with something new for you here in the near future, and uh, hope that you all are well, and hope we bump into you. Uh, somehow, some way through uh, Rocky River UMC uh, as we trudge through the Lenten season and closer and closer to um, the, the uh, cross of Good Friday and the empty tomb of Easter and that powerful journey uh, and, and adventure uh, in a sense that, that we will share together as we uh, move through this season. But I hope you all are well and uh, we'll come back to you soon. Thanks.